Hey folks, Armin Hammer here, and you are about to enjoy a brand new interview that I had with Patrick Vellner, one of the fittest men on earth, and we got a chance to talk about how he's planning on winning the CrossFit Games in 2019, what it's like working with Michelle Latonera as his coach and the team that she's been building, and exactly how he's planning on approaching a season that has been in complete upheaval ever since the 2018 CrossFit Games. Hope you guys enjoy, and I'll see you guys next time. I don't want to beat around the bush, dude. How are you going to win the CrossFit Games this year? Oh, you know, hard work, dedication, uh, I'm going to eat right. Uh, <laughs> fuck final, man. Uh, I'm just going to try to keep doing the same stuff. Like, at the end of the day, I think probably last year I made a lot of mistakes. I think it's no secret. But... uh for me, I, I, my goal is to just tighten that race up coming into the last day. I, I want to see what happens in a tighter race on the last day. Um, I think it's been too long that we haven't seen Matt with any, any pressure on him. And I think it's easy to compete when you have no pressure. So um, we all have been putting pressure on each other. And I mean, that's why we all make little mistakes and everyone's kind of watching each other. But I think that for too long, people have kind of, he's been far enough ahead that he's out of sight coming into the last day and, and uh, we just need to be better at, at everything and, and tighten that up a bit and see what happens when the pressure's on. Because I think that there are people who, who fumble a little bit more under pressure and there are people who rise to the occasion. And I think that we almost don't even know what kind of a guy Matt is anymore because it's been too long. Um, so I'm not even sure if he knows how he'd react. And uh, I think that I'm, that's my goal is I want to find out. And that's as simple as I can put it. Maybe maybe it comes to the last day and it's a tight race and he crushes me anyway. Anyways, but I I would I want to I want to be able to find out and, and live through that and I'll sleep easy if I can do that. So you know, you and I had a had a little bit of a debrief at the airport in Madison, like right after the games were over. You're on your way back to to finish up some school stuff and work, and you know you kind of touched on a little bit of the fact that you had some pretty major flubs i would say last year um you know things that just didn't go your way that 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 could have gone a lot better how do you in the interim and like this day-to-day training you know even try to start adjusting that right how do you fix some of those things um i think one thing that i've always been good at uh is identifying issues and identifying where my shortcomings are. Uh, and obviously now working with Michelle Latondra, like she's great at having an outsider perspective where sometimes you have a hard time seeing what the miss was, uh, but having an extra set of eyes, especially as experienced as hers is super helpful. But I think you just, you have to be able to admit that defeat. And that's the first thing is to say like, okay, yeah, I was not good enough at this. I was not good enough at that. It wasn't that, you know, so-and-so did this or it's nobody else's fault like i think people always you know you had want to blame a bad judge or a bad condition of some kind and there's a lot of finger pointing that goes on after events and i've never been big on that like i you need to have complete ownership over your your performance and i think in spite of whatever little things happen like nothing that happened to me last year was anybody's fault but my own there was all all things that that I was able to control and in the heat of the moment, you make a decision that goes one way versus another and um, little slip ups or things, even like the cargo net falling or, or whatever, like stuff like that is very avoidable by just slowing down. Like I was just rushed and I made, I made rushed decisions and I made wrong decisions. And that's, 
that's my fault. Like that's not anybody's fault uh, other than mine. So you need to be able to, to own that. And then, and then you can start to try to make steps to repair it. So, I mean, there's little things. I, I made a couple mistakes where, you know, I, when we were moving objects or pulling things to lines, I've, I've stopped kind of right tight on the line and the judge said I wasn't quite past it. So I had to go back and move it again after having already turned around. And so maybe it means in training, I have to do more, um regionals or game style competition style transitions where i'm moving things and i mean i'm moving to the next round i'm moving an object i'm doing this i'm doing that and and just trying to simulate those competition environments and conditions so that it's more second nature you don't you don't ever have to even think about it like that's just robotic and you can i think that at the end of the day it just comes down to like to owning those shortcomings and 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 being capable of identifying them uh, and accepting the fact that like yeah, you, you just need to work better, work harder on that and be a little bit better at that. And at the end of the day, if you can get a little bit better at all the different aspects of your competition, you're going to have an easier time. Um, and yeah, like nothing feels better than a smooth competition, but unfortunately it doesn't happen super often. So you have a really interesting 2019 season, I think, because your, uh, you know, sort of like your, your biggest time outside of your training and competing has been with school and your profession, right? You're getting into, um, uh, you're a, uh, a doctor. <laughs> chiropractor. You're a chiropractor, right? So you're getting into chiropractic, you're finishing up your school, you're finishing up your exams, you're working, you know, and a lot of that has been a big part of, you know, where your time has been spent and you've been training around that. And then the season has completely shifted. So you suddenly have multiple degrees of freedom with how you can approach things. Are you finding the difference in like your, your time spent training or your attitude in your, in your your training when you now have all this different, you know, space, whether it's due to the change in the season or whether it's due to the change in your actual schedule? Uh, It's interesting. I mean, I, Initially, I didn't love the how we didn't have as much information as most people would have liked just because for me, one of the ways I've been able to be successful in the last bunch of years is by planning well um, because I have to, to plan around school and, and a lot of that stuff is is solid and not movable. I need to be able to work my CrossFit around my schooling a lot of the time. Um, if I, I found it frustrating that I, I didn't have any information and I couldn't plan my season because I was just like, there was no information and it was just going to sneak up on me and I was going to have to react. And there's a chance that, you know, sanctioned events that I would love to compete at just fall on weekends or, or times where I can't get away from clinic. I can't, I have an exam, I have this. And I found that like a little bit scary and, and frustrating. Um, whereas in, in past years that since from the games to January, that's kind of like my school season where I really, I get all my ducks in a row. I make sure that I'm, I'm well ahead in most of the work that I can get ahead in. Um, and I've, I've prepared myself so that when the time comes to ramp up my training and spend more time in CrossFit, I can afford to do that a little bit. Um, and I've built a little bit of freedom in, but now that doesn't exist. Right. So instead of now having that off season period, it sort of got cut in half, maybe less, and I had to start. Okay, well, now we got to compete in January. We got to compete in December. We got to compete in wherever. And and so I had to start ramping up training much earlier than I was used to. Uh, and it, it's fortunate now that in my last year of school, I'm actually working in clinics. So I my responsibilities are different. 
I have less exams now. I have uh, a different, more routine schedule because uh, I work in shifts at the clinic. And so to a certain degree, I can plan around it. Had this been last year when I still had a lot more classes and more exams, it would have been much, much more challenging. But because of being in clinic, I can't afford to take some time off. I can book time away and just make sure my patients get looked after. But at the end of the year, I need to finish all my requirements and I need to have X amount of hours in the clinic and X amount of treatments and uh, X amount of new patients seen and whatever. So um, I need to be a little bit careful. I, I can't afford to go to several sanctioned events because I just can't afford the travel. I can't afford to go to China because I can't take two weeks off clinic. I can't go to Dubai. I can't go to Australia. I can't go to South Africa. Like there's a lot of, of opportunities that are very limited still just because I, I just can't get away. Uh, I have obligations still here. And so it, it, there's a, still a little bit more of a rigid structure for me. But um, I think that we've made a plan within that structure that I hope I plan to be successful. I mean, I'm going to compete in January at Wadapalooza and I'm not planning on losing. Uh, I'm going there to win. So I if that if all goes well, then I'm I'm good for the season. And then I can at that point, I can take that time to to finish all my school requirements and get myself set up. And then I'm all done in May. So I'll be done before the games this year and I can, uh, I can dedicate time however I please. But until that time, I'm sort of, I'm still tethered a little bit. Do you, is there a part of you that's just really pissed that there isn't an event in Canada? Uh, I don't know. I think it's funny. Um, but I, I don't think the onus is on CrossFit. I think that, I, I can only imagine, I don't know how the sanction event thing works specifically, but I can only imagine, imagine that if you wanted to have a sanctioned event, you as an event would have to, to court CrossFit and you'd have to propose like, Hey, we'd love a sanction. Here's why we think we deserve one. Da, 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 da. And I think that just nobody stepped up to the plate and did it in Canada. We have a couple good events that probably could support a sanction, but uh, just nobody stepped up. I think maybe everybody was waiting for someone else to do it, or maybe they misunderstood the process, but I don't think anyone went out of their way to try to make it happen. Um, and then that ship had sailed. And by the time anybody kind of realized it, like all the sanctions were out and it was, it was like, Oh wait, why didn't we get one? But it's cause we didn't ask for one. Probably it would be my best guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be nice. I'd love to have one in my backyard because I, again, travel is is inconvenient for me when it comes to my my work and my school. So, I mean, the the closer to home I can be, the better. Uh, but it is what it is. I, I can't be bitter about it. Like, I don't know. The internet will say what they want to say about it and how we should have one because Brent and I have been so successful and Canada's been putting some great athletes out and it's. It is what it is. And maybe next year the lesson will be learned and we'll get one for next year. But right now it's fine. We have, we'll have enough opportunities. I'll find a way. So let, let's talk, let's talk those opportunities. Cause you mentioned Wadapalooza and that's going to be a really interesting one. Wadapalooza has always been a big draw for, you know, pretty, pretty high level athletes. But now with a game's worth on the line, like I feel like that, that level of competition might be higher than it's ever been. And like you said, you're not going there just to participate. You're not going there just to like add a notch to the belt. You're going there to actually win and, and punch your ticket. How does that uh, that sort of a competition early in the season, comparatively to previous years you've been at the games, how does that affect your preparation? Like, is there is there really any sort of change for you other than you know maybe tapering a little bit differently in the season, or, or are you like completely you know the same as you were before? And you're just going to walk in and and, and dominate. I don't know if that's maybe that's how it looked before. That's not really how it goes. 
But uh, I, I think one of the interesting obstacles with something like Wadapalooza is that you have, I mean, we have holiday season kind of all around here, right? And, and people will go, like, I'm going to go away for a couple weeks uh, and I will have some access to gyms, but a little bit more limited in like late December, early January. So I have to schedule to kind of taper around then and then have maybe one more quick training cycle before the event. So right now training is kind of peaked a little bit. Um, and I don't know, nothing really changes a lot. I, I, I sort of train in the dark at the best of times the last few years. I, I don't have training partners. I don't, I don't go and compete in the off season very much. And I, so I don't really know what other people are doing and what other people's levels are at. So it sort of makes me nervous. And I think that motivates me a little bit in training to like, I imagine that everybody else is, is incredible and, and doing some amazing things. So if I want to compete, I need to be able to do that. Um, so it'll be a bit of an obstacle training through the holidays. And I mean, other than that, it's, it's just periodization. You just have to plan it. We, we made a plan a month or two ago, uh, Michelle and I about when we wanted to compete and, and what events to try and attack. And, uh, this is what we settled on. So you just have to be ready to bring it when it's time to compete. And yeah, like I said, I, I don't, I, it's the same as a regional basically is just how you have to look at it. Um, I didn't show up last year to take second. I didn't show up the year before to take second. Like you, you just, you have to try to be as good as you can be and, and, and compete well. And I think that that's something I do pretty well. Um, I can, sometimes I can be really sucky in training and I can be miserable and whatever, but when it's time to compete, I'm pretty good at, uh, at competing well and doing what I need to do to be successful. So we'll see. I'm, I haven't ever competed at Wadapalooza. I, I went and watched a little bit last year, but that's an event that always was during my exams in school. So I never was able to do it. Uh, so I thought this year was a good opportunity and we'll see as far as competition. I, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what this format brings because you sort of have to anticipate what other athletes are thinking and doing. So if you're maybe, I don't know what you're, you're from the U S somewhere and you think, okay, I suspect that these athletes based on where they live or whatever, are probably going to go to these events. So I'm going to go to London or I'm going to go to the Netherlands and then you show up and those guys are there because they thought the same thing. Like no one really knows what other people are planning unless you've got the table talk going and you, and you just message those people and bite the bullet and say like, where are you going to be? What are you, what are your plans? Uh, there's, there's sort of a weird game that gets played. I mean, do you announce early where you're going to compete, try to scare off some people? Do you, do you wait? Cause you don't want to, you don't want to attract other comp- competitors to a, an event that's like, maybe you think is going to have a weaker competition. So it's interesting. It's going to be, I think this being the first year of us doing that format is going to be, it's going to be cool to see how that works out. Cause I think that there is a lot of that, uh, everybody kind of posturing and, and figuring, trying to figure out what other people are thinking. Right. I mean, with that, with that type of gamesmanship suddenly being added into the fact that now we have this circuit of events and everybody has to, you know, if they're not going to win their country in the open, they have to pick, they have to pick a way of, of qualifying through these events. And the only person who probably, I mean, there's there's a handful of people, but for an event that like Matt signs up for, for example, I imagine the the number of athletes who decide not to go to that, especially if it's an expensive travel trip, are is probably going to be pretty high, right? So like you know he can stake his ground and and sort of scare away a lot of athletes. Um, I think you're able to do that to some extent as well. I'm not sure if Wadapalooza is going to be a place where you're going to be able to scare away a bunch of athletes because. You know, the weather is so nice. They have a pretty big prize purse. You know, there's there's good reasons to be in Miami in January. 
But that said, do you have you like t- have you been texting? Like, do you talk to to Fukowski or, or or Fraser at all to just be like, hey guys, like let's try and maybe coordinate and get the crew back together. You know what I mean? Let's let's get, <laughs> let's get all of us back to get Madison. the band back together. Um, we've ha- we've had some conversations like since the the whole development started. Um, and I think the overwhelming consensus is that I don't want to see those guys until August. Like if I, if I can help it, it's, those are guys that are, are great athletes. They certainly deserve to be at the games in my opinion. Um, and if we compete at the same event, only one of us goes. So basically the question is, is it worth it to beat the shit out of each other? And then only have one of you go, um, and I don't know, it depends. I think everybody to a certain degree is trying to find the easiest route. Like what's the path of least resistance? You do want to take a competition that's going to keep you sharp. You don't want to walk through and then, you know, then you just waltz around for three months and then you show up to the games and maybe you're not, you're not games ready because now the season has changed, right? It doesn't ramp up to the games. It sort of ramps up, then down, then up, then down, and then back to the games. So there's not that linear progression anymore. So you need to be a little bit careful if you, it's like when you play anybody who like ever played sports and you play a really bad team and then you play down to their level and then you play a really good team and you get smashed because you just you weren't ready for that that competition level. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've spoke a little bit about where people were talking about going. And I think your point to being something like Dubai, where that's that's also an expensive trip. Um, like when I heard Matt say he was going to go there, like, there's no point, like whether that's an event that I could beat him at, like, I don't know, maybe early in the season, who knows? I've, I've never had to compete against Matt in December. Like, so I I don't know who knows, but if I have to take two weeks off of clinic and go down there and knock at a spot, I'm going to be pissed. So it's just sort of like a, a cost, a cost benefit ratio that you have to run and say, what's. What's the most worth it for me? What can I afford to do? And to a certain degree, I mean, having these these competitions all over, whatever, maybe it's just a fun chance. You go down to the Netherlands and compete and maybe you don't get your spot, but you hung out in the Netherlands for like five, six, seven days. And maybe that's cool for a lot of athletes who are, are still just trying to travel and, and take advantage of this fitness thing while it's going gonna, it's gonna to help them see the world, right? So um, there's a lot of different vantage points. And and yeah, like I think we're, we're not trying to pummel each other too early in the season. I think... Uh, at this point, maybe in the future, some of these sanctioned events or, or more events pop up that have have enormous prize purses and who knows where this leads. But for now, the prize is still the CrossFit Games. Um, so I think that everyone's still you want to punch your ticket and you need it's an all or nothing system where you need to win to punch your ticket. But I think everyone's eyes are still set a little bit on the horizon where they're saying, OK, like I, I need to be as good as I, I can be early to try to get myself through and then i have to i have to feel focus on like the bigger prize a little bit so like you said there's not a lot of people who have the luxury of of focusing too far ahead um and i certainly as much as people might say otherwise like i don't consider myself to be like that i don't i don't train like i'm a sure thing um i want to show up and and prove that i i deserve my spot and then i can like i said then i can take some time finish up school do whatever different uh, obligations I have and then prepare myself for the games for, uh, to try to put on a good show. You know, that you mentioned a couple times already, the, a really interesting sort of side effect of this new format is that, you know, if, if Matt qualifies in December, you qualify in January, right? Fukowski qualifies in February, you guys suddenly have five, six, seven months of uninterrupted time 
to to focus solely on the game. So obviously there's some op, those are there's some uh, responsibilities outside of just training 24 hours a day. But you know you're training under Michelle Latonde, and she's she's a, basically a coaching genius. It seems like you know her her entire team is incredible. <laughs> so how do you even approach the concept of having six months of an uninterrupted training block going into the games? I think very carefully. Um, and I think that, um, we obviously, we will need to sit down and have this conversation, um, after, after I hopefully qualify. Um, but in my opinion, you can do yourself a lot of harm in six months. Um, and I don't know what everybody else's experience has been like training for the games, but I know certainly from a few athletes that we, we commiserate, but by the time, between May, end of May and early August in the old system, in that two and a half months, three months or whatever you have, um, I don't, I couldn't do another training session before the CrossFit Games. Like you, I needed to compete now or like I was going to, going to go nuts or like hurt yourself or whatever. It's just, it's too much. It's, it's too much to train that way for six months. So I think the one thing it does afford you is you can periodize a little bit more and you can sort of, you can maybe add a few training cycles in, but you really need to be careful with how you approach that because I think that they're, I don't want to like an inexperienced athlete or an inexperienced coach could maybe get a little bit too excited and think, you know, we've got, oh yeah, we've got so much time. Like we're going to start and just, and start overloading too early uh, and not deloading appropriately. And then you, you risk injury and you risk all kinds of things. So uh, like you could burn out very easily in a six or seven month period before the games. Um, and that's the last thing you want. You want to show up to the games ready to compete. And that's what I mean. Like I was, by the time the games showed up, like I was fed up with training and I wanted to compete. And that's what you want. If you're just fed up with CrossFit period, by the time you get to the games, you're going to have a bad week. So, and, and I think that there is potential for that. So that's just a question that depending on the athlete, depending on the coach and what their relationship is like, athletes need to broach that conversation themselves and say, Hey, and I think there just needs to be constant feedback. Like if you're two months into your, your prep for the games and you're already feeling like you've been like run over and, and you just, you just need to say, okay, well maybe we take like an extra deload week this cycle, or we have to take like an extra couple days or, or whatever it is. But I think that people need to be receptive to that because um, there is a lot of time for a lot of things to happen. I mean, and yeah, you can do, you can spend more time now cycling, climbing, doing a lot of random things that maybe you weren't, you didn't have the time to fit in before, but it's just going to be a high training volume for a long time. And I think that, People need to respect that um, because we've already got – and even in this new system in general, when you're competing more throughout the year, um, there's already going to be more risk of injury. That takes a toll on on athletes to to prime for competition and compete. And then if you don't qualify, you have to reprime again, and then you're competing again in three weeks, and then again in three weeks, and then again in a month. And so what's that going to do over the course of a five-month period um, – it, it, like it just there, there's certainly risk and people need to be smart and respect that uh your your body is is not invincible uh so you need to you need to give yourself the rest when you need it yeah i imagine it's really easy for people to get um you know overzealous maybe fall into the you know rich froning a la 2012 2013 like train nine times a day year round myth and yeah. uh 
you know, which still for some reason has like almost all of CrossFit by the balls for some strange reason. Like everyone just believes the the myth that you can just train 10 times a day yeah. the entire year and take like maybe two days off before the games and be just fine. No. Um, Join us in the new world. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to survive. And I mean, like I said, this is why it has to be kind of individualized. Um, every athlete responds to the training volume and stimulus a little bit differently. Uh, so you just need to be able to have that conversation with your coach, be able to say like, Hey, this is this last week or last two week cycle floored me. And I, I need, I need a little bit of extra love this week and whatever. And it's fine. But just if things start to nag and things start to hurt, try not to ignore it. There's, there is a difference between hurting and being injured and like, yeah, like you're going to hurt. Like I hurt every day, but you need to know where that line is because if you start to to tiptoe into the injury territory, then like I said, it can be a it can be a long year on the sidelines. One of the last things I want to ask you about here is about um, Michelle, right? You've been working with her for a while now, and you've had a lot of success, and she's been sort of quietly building this this scratch <coughs> team of like ridiculously fit human beings. What is it about her or her her style or her personality or her system whatever i mean you tell me like what's the secret sauce there what is it that's bringing so many talented people together uh i don't know i think she's actually assembling a, a team of super villains so, <laughs> if anyone else that's what we're doing we're not ready yet but we will be um, you basically have you know all what, the I, yeah you have you have all of those little uh, all of the little you know tropes covered. You have like a Canadian guy, you have a French guy, you have a Hungarian girl. Like it's just a bunch of it's a bunch of it would be a super it would be a set of super villains. The accent too, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she is perfect. Um, I don't know. I think that to a certain degree, the there's I think there's a certain amount of chance that goes into stuff like that because. Um, you mean you, you catch lightning in a bottle once and, uh, like, let's say I would had my success the first time and, and we had worked together a bunch and then she started coaching. So I, I worked with her and then that attracts people. They say, wow, okay. Like this, Michelle's got Velner and this is great. And then, um, Michelle kind of scoped out Laura a while back. And then once we start working together, like that helps a lot, like having, more higher level athletes working together more often that sort of just that cycle perpetuates itself. And then other people see that and they jump into the fray and it's good. And I think that Michelle is also a, an extremely receptive coach. Um, she's no bullshit, but she, uh, she will listen to what you have to say. She doesn't have much ego. She's worked with great coaches. She's worked with coaches that she didn't agree with. And she's sort of taken the good and the bad and, and made her own style. And um, I think that she's, she's had the experience from the athlete side where she doesn't agree with certain things. And she knows how, let's say how that made her feel when the coach ignored the way she was trying to approach a subject or, or, or communicate a, a concern. And so she's, she's just a great communicator and she's very understanding. She's, she's got a kind of a different coaching style. I'd say with everybody that she coaches, um, she doesn't, you know, she'll be maybe a little bit more motherly to somebody else who needs that. And she's very good at reading people. Um, so she just sort of is really good at giving athletes what they need. And then, uh, like I said, now we have the opportunity occasionally to come together and, and have training camps that helps a ton. Um, but she's great. I think that, I mean, for me personally, she, uh, she had great 
competitive experience with which I think is not essential, but it's an asset. Um, I think that a coach who can really understand what you're going through from the athlete side is valuable. Um, and she also just is, is well-versed in the skills that I didn't have when I was coming in. She's a great weightlifter. She's a good swimmer. She's good at a lot of the stuff that I wasn't as good at. Um, and I've told people too, like, I think that, uh, sometimes it's nice to have her perspective on workouts or on things because, I mean, just as a woman looking at a workout, sometimes she has just like a different eye for things. Whereas a lot of guys look at stuff and they're just like, ah, you know, like that's unbroken. This is whatever. She's a little bit more, okay, well, like I would respect those muscle ups more than maybe you think, or I would respect this section more than you might think. And oftentimes, I mean, if you have the chance to practice a workout, you might do it once and think, wow, she uh, actually nailed that. (laughs) And like that, this part was a little harder than I thought and this and this. So just having a different eye and a, and a totally different take on things um, based on how she would approach it as, you know, like a smaller athlete and a, and a whatever compared to me who's who's tall and lanky and whatever. We have a totally different skill set. So just to have the different eyes, like I wouldn't even see things that she sees because it just like it doesn't make sense to me. I've never had to deal with issues like that, but like she'll catch on to stuff and it's valuable. It's just another, it's another, uh, perspective to have and it's super helpful. But, um, yeah, I think she's done a great thing and she'll, she'll continue to do so. She's, like I said, I, I, in my opinion, she's a dream to work with. Like she, she listens to you. She'll take your feedback and I, I annoy her to the end of the earth with questions of, of why we're doing certain things and what the, what the goal is of this and, and what the, whatever is of every different piece of training we have every day. But, bless her she's patient and she'll answer all my questions and then uh at the end of the day we'll get all the work done so it's good it sounds like uh it sounds like you found a pretty good team to surround yourself with as well as you know maybe maybe a good outside mind to like kind of help plan in a a lot of this like uncertainty and degree and like freedom that you that we suddenly have with like the new style of the the season so it's probably a good place to be right I think so. I mean, she doesn't take it easy on us. So I'll tell you that for free. Like uh, anybody who like she doesn't give me any layups to crush in training. Like she would sooner watch me die in training than give me something easy to do. So it's good. She challenges us, and and uh, it's nice. You know, we have now we've got a few athletes on uh, her program, so we can commiserate a little bit behind her back, and it's good. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I guess happy. Happy holidays and good luck in Wadapalooza. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, man.